I know not where I was born, save that the castle is infinitely old and infinitely horrible, full of dark passages and having high ceilings where the eye could find only cobwebs and shadows. The stones in the crumbling corridor seemed always hideously damp, and there was an accursed smell everywhere, as of the piled up corpses of dead generations. Sounds like this castle stinks as much as some adaptations of the works of H.P. Lovecraft. Allow the cast of Cthulhu to be your guide to the world of cinematic Lovecraft adaptations from the superb to the truly cosmically horrific. I am Jim Rohner. And I'm James McCormick. And today we'll be reviewing 2020's Castle Freak, written by Kathy Charles and directed by Tate Steinsick? Steinsick? Whatever. Um, based on the uh, a chimera of The Outsider and The Dunwich Horror. Um, and joining us to discuss is one of the hosts of the Disenfranchised pod, you know him, you love him, you can't live without him, from uh, the Lighthouse episode, you may remember, Stephen Foxworthy. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. I am absolutely delighted to talk about a Lovecraft-inspired failed franchise starter. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, be de- to be determined, fail? Because I, I, of all True. the... Yeah, of all the articles that I found about this launching a franchise, the only ones I found were from December 2020 announcing this was supposed to launch a Lovecraft cinematic universe, and I've I've seen nothing since, so I, I'm assuming it's dead. This movie technically does not exist, so <laughs> I would be very surprised if it's going to launch a franchise based on what I just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, uh, so we're talking about franchises, uh, we're talking about the disenfranchised pod. If you did not listen to The Lighthouse um, or click on the show notes of the At the Mountains of Madness table read, both of which involved information about Steven and his podcast. Steven, why don't you inform the listeners about what the Disenfranchised Pod is? Would love to. Uh, we have been around. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. But wait, wait there's, there's more. more. Yeah. <laughs> um, we uh, started uh, about September of uh, 2020. So we're coming up on our uh, two year anniversary here pretty soon. And uh, we, we, by we, I mean myself and my co-host, Brett Wright, who is also at the In the Mouth of Mountains of Madness table read, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, we uh, host a show about failed franchise starters, which is to say uh, movies that were intended to kick off long-running franchises and then just didn't for any one of any number of reasons. Uh, and so far in almost 100 episodes, we have yet, Knockwood, to cover one that has, um, that has succeeded in kicking off a franchise everything is everything's been dead and remain dead which is pretty spectacular given the uh, the reboot culture in which we live mm-hmm. and the also uh the legacy sequel um so oh, yeah uh but we've we've had both of you guys on jim you did uh loaded weapon national lampoons loaded weapon one thank you and uh james you were on our flash gordon episode both of which are incredible episodes that everyone needs to go check out right now I agree uh, entirely with uh, everything you just said. Um, yeah, no, th- that was a lot of fun. Um, National Lampoon's Little Weapon 1 has been on the front of my mind only because um, the theater that I work in is doing a pre-show for Top Gun and they're showing clips from Hot Shots. Nice. Um, and yep. so now I'm just like, oh, I want to watch those movies again. Um, they, those are those were those were. Hot Shots was a, was an example of good uh, parody, and it did launch a franchise. It had Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two, of course. Um, but yeah, Stephen, we are happy to have you back on uh, the podcast. Before we get into things, uh, gents, um, I hope you'll forgive me. I'm kind of sabotaging or, or hijacking things a little bit. Um, on your own podcast, heaven forfend. Yeah, on, on our own podcast. Uh, if you have listened to us in the past, um, you know that James and I don't shy away from politics. Mm-hmm. Um, we 
took a, a, a good chunk of time talking about the Black Lives Matter protest back in the summer of 2020. Um, we, you know, we are not shy about talking about our opinions and also not shy about expressing that if you don't care for our opinions, you are free to not listen to us and unfollow. We don't care. Um, we're doing a horror podcast, uh, about a horror author, um, in an adaptation of a horror, uh, thing, but there are, there are some truly horrific things going on in the world right now in this country. Um, things are, uh, pretty terrible with um, the recent uh, SCOTUS decision. And while this has nothing to do with um, HP Lovecraft or horror, I, I kind of, I just wanted to, I don't know, think this is fucking terrible. Um, if you are the kind of person who heard about the overturning of Roe v. Wade and celebrated or thought this was good and right and a Christian thing, uh, I'm going to quote uh, Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder and say, bend over and literally fuck your own face. Um, <laughs> yeah. Perfect. This is this is uh, yeah. This is absolutely atrocious. And I, I've I, I've I've just I've been you know my wife and I have been kind of mourning it for the last couple of days, um, just kind of wondering what what the future is going to be like when a generation of women now and a future generation will have fewer rights than uh, previous generations of women is truly atrocious. Mm. Um, and this I mean I suppose this is uh, kind of connected because. Uh, one of the other Lovecraft cinematic universes, which was supposed to be launched, was uh, Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space. And we did an episode on that. Once the accusations of his domestic abuse came out, we decided to take that episode down. Um, and I mean, basically, yeah, we, we just the three of us are um, cisgender straight white men. Um, and I also just think that um, cisgender straight white men should also be outraged and speaking out about this as well, because frankly, women have been carrying the burden and fighting for far too long on this alone. Um, so, James, I'm sure you won't be opposed, but in the show notes, um, I'm not only going to link to the usual things that we did, mm -hmm. Stephen's wonderful podcast and that kind of thing, but um, I'm going to link to some abortion funds, too, that uh, you all can click on and donate to. And I highly encourage it because um, really... Uh, I know it sounds horrible to say like, well, we got to get out the, we got to get out there and vote. We got to get out there and vote because we've been doing that. And look at what yes. our leaders have been doing. They've just been asking for more money and not doing anything. But I mean, also, what choice do we have is really kind of the only choices we have. It's almost like they're counting on our outrage to usher us into the, the voting box. Yeah, right. Which right. is uh, shitty, <laughs> quite yeah. frankly. And I'm I'm tired of of being motivated by fear and outrage. I, I, I want a future for my wife, for my friends, for total strangers I've never met for hell. My wife's pregnant, maybe my daughter, I don't know, but I want a future for them where they don't have to fucking fight and be afraid anymore. Mm. Um, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. Cause that's been on, on my yeah. mind for a while. Um, no, same. Like, and it, it, you know, the whole shit with the, uh, the Supreme Court full of fucking scumbags. You know, hopefully, you know, the FBI will come raiding my, my apartment because <laughs> I'm saying such awful things about awful people. But, you know, it, it makes me think of like history, you know, like, like, like US history and how back in like uh, what, 1857, when the Supreme Court basically said, all black people are not people. They will never be looked upon as people and blah, blah, blah. They're worse than animals and whatever. So what did Abraham Lincoln do when he got into power? 
He said, fuck all that. I'm going to add some more Supreme Court judges so I can actually have more on my side, mm-hmm. which is something that, you know, Obama could have done when he was in power. And Biden could easily fucking do that right now. But they just an executive say, order, something, right, right mm-hmm. something, something, do something. Don't just sit there like, you know, just being like like a corpse that just <laughs> happens to like wake up once in a while. It's like reminds me of the freaking K- big Kmart commercials with Bob Dole. Well, not Bob Dole, uh, Bob, Bob, Ho- Bob Hope and like how he he was just like at death's door and he would like poke him with a stick. It's like big, K- big Kmart. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm still. Oh, you still alive, Biden? OK, good. Good. OK. In fairness, sure. in fairness to Uncle Joe, he has been tweeting a lot today. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And you know what? And it's, it's funny. You know who also tweeted a lot? Um, you know, the asshole that did a lot of this shit, Trump, before. Yeah. yeah. He tweeted a lot too. Yes. You see where that got us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like it just oh, it hurts my head. And then what's worse is seeing. I mean, you know, being back on Twitter, you know, not having as many friends or whatever you could say it's funny seeing like i'll just go into these like you know traps of someone talking about how awful this is of course Mm. and then you have people actually trying to rationalize that oh no it's not banning abortion that's that what's up to the the states it's i'm like what are you talking about like it's polish a turd it's still a turd (laughs) like and then even seeing people like Who's become? I, I don't know, Jim. If if you if you've seen uh, um, Kane, you know Glenn Jacobs. Oh now yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this guy has every terrible hot take mm-hmm. every time something bad happens when it comes to kids getting killed with guns, or you know now this with the abortion. He's like the worst, and he's like basically like all these like people on Twitter that I just want to fucking like. Just put in a room, like basically chain up like a castle freak and whip for all <laughs> eternity. Yeah. To tie it back together. But like it just angers me. And like, you know, like again, Corinne and I, it's same thing, like just talking about it and going, like, like, how is this like how are we going so back? Like this is 2022. And like, like, you know, people had to fight. And then my fear, and of course, even you know, numero uno, uh Clarence Thomas um, <sighs> saying, Well, next we're gonna go. What what's to stop us from going after gay marriage and trans contraception? Yeah, yeah, right. And it's like, dude, you're a black man married to a white woman. That was also banned at one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Notice he didn't think that he didn't no. mention about revisiting loving. Uh, but you know. Yeah, but maybe we should. Oh, yeah, that that definitely got some attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, dude, you know, like you're also like a rapist. So, but whatever, you you actually got away with that somehow. But one one of two, I may. One of two, I, I one of two, right. Amazing, <laughs> yeah. right? Isn't it amazing? And it's, yeah. it's incredible that they're just doing everything in their power to make life easier for more people like them. Thank mm-hmm. you, exactly. Oh. But yeah. Sometimes I, I feel like we're in Lovecraft's mind of like a perfect world. It's certainly been a week for it, hasn't it? Right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I was I was heading home from work today and I'm like, you know what? Um I'm I'm proud to be a New Yorker. I'm proud to mm-hmm. be a part of the horror community. I'm I'm proud to be like, you know, uh, 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 and like in like the film Twitter community. And I'm really like now really feeling some shame about my country and my identity that kind of is like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. When like Right. I mean, when I, I don't know, I, we we could we could go on and on and on about this. Um, 
I mean, one of the great things about horror films is the idea of how it can expose us to other experiences and kind of like comment on life and society. I mean, what if you want to know what what country or what uh, values a country has, see what scares them, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I mean, some of the best horror films are the ones that are not just well made, but also holding up a mirror to society. But the great thing about horror films, too, are when they're done, they're done and we go home and we and, and we sleep soundly at night. And right. there are millions of people across this country who are no longer sleeping soundly at night because of real world horrors. And yeah, I'm just, I, if you're cool with any stuff that's going on, um, once again, I unfollow us, stop listening. I don't care. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want you to listen to us anyway. No, no. Um, but, and, and so that, that's just what I wanted. And also, as I said, tying this in, uh, with the Richard Stanley thing, like I said, this was supposed to launch one um, cinematic Lovecraft uh, universe. Another one was Richard Stanley's Color of Space. We took that episode down. Someone recently tweeted, not at, at Casa Cthulhu, but at me, um, with a link to um, Richard Stanley's Facebook post, um, which is basically sort of like saying, are you guys going to put the episode back up now? Because apparently a, a, a judge in France ruled... Um, what was the ruling? It was something... And I'm not going to link to it because I, I don't want to give it eyes but it's basically uh a judge in france um has basically ruled against his accuser in the sense of like a defamation case and that she has nothing to bring to care so he he was he was basically um um exonerated i guess he was he was declaring himself his freedom and how there were this was all baseless and how his life has been destroyed and so and so someone tweeted me and said are you guys going to put the episode back up and so i was talking about it with my wife and i I was searching online a little bit and this is basically no we're not going to put the episode back up because one um if you really dig into it this judge who ruled this was like elected in 2021 so there's not a whole lot of information about her and so we don't really know the validity of this court case. And also, if we've learned anything from the whole Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing is um, a ruling in defamation as one side does not mean innocence on another side. Right. Um, right. And th- that's also been a particularly despicable case because it's like, oh, so a woman did exactly what she's supposed to do. She um, reported it and she got evidence. And now she is being held guilty of defamation. So. Um, and also, you know, we are not experts, but uh, we're also, I think, going to follow Spectre as an example. Spectre Vision has continued to kind of like not bring Stanley back on board, is not going to pick up. the. So if if that's what they're doing, then that's what we're going to do, because we assume that there's a lot of smarter people running Spectre yeah. Vision than and, running and, the podcast. And it could have easily just said, oh, you know what? Let's just wait till it blows over and like we could just put it right back into it. And, and, you know, for a fact, most people wouldn't care. Or would forget, or would be yeah. like, eh. The whatever. Mel Gibson stratagem, yeah. Right? No, no, exactly, yeah. exactly. Or now, like slowly but surely, Kevin Spacey's starting to, uh, you know, worm his way back into films. He's and trying. Like, and he, like, he's really Ow. trying, yeah. Very really trying, is. yes. And it's like, really? And, and you know what? I bet you he'll be welcomed back by some. He's he's also kind of whack-a-mole. Like, he'll pop back up and he's like, oh, by the way, here's another lawsuit against Kevin right. Spacey, so... Yeah, let me let me cook in like my like 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 drinking while I'm cooking like in a weird video like <laughs> like, like what, what's going on like while I while I perform the last character that everyone loved me as <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> basically <laughs> oh god um but yeah that, so th- this whole thing once again this had uh, I, I mean I guess it had something to do with Lovecraft in the sense of if you really wanted to read a Lovecraftian story that describes the the thing on the doorstep it would describe Clarence Thomas. 
Um, And of course, then our narrator would pass out or go insane because it cannot comprehend the sheer terror of the uh, the the sentient uh, afterbirth that has uh, manifested itself in front of them. So that's that. Uh, Eat shit. Supreme Court of the United States of America. Um, Shall we discuss a horror film, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I guess. You know what? Now, now I'm starting to think Castle Freak 2020 is not as bad as I thought. You know, <laughs> I, okay. I mean, spoiler alert, but you know, <laughs> yeah, this. Okay, we Castle Freak 2020. Wow. Okay. Um, I don't. I didn't know what to expect from this one. You know, if you listen to Me our either. last episode on Stuart Gordon's 1995 one, you'll find that like, uh, I. James and, and you know kind of talking about it like okay I found I found some value there is there's a, a core of something there that I find that I was like okay right yeah I, I see Stuart Gordon I see what you're doing with it and thanks to Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton now Barbara Crampton was the producer on this one or one of the producers that was him attempting to launch the cinematic franchise mm-hmm. um and, and and while it, it certainly like it, it says this one is based on Paoli and uh, Gordon's 1995 one uh, the film also right. borrows, as I said at the beginning, from uh, the Dunwich Horror, which uh, we've covered adaptations of that before in this podcast. The Dunwich Horror as a short story kind of thought upon as kind of a lesser Lovecraft work by many scholars because it's the one which so has like such a clear sense of like good versus evil uh, in, in, a, in a way where a lot of his stories are kind of nihilistic or morally ambiguous. You know, that is the, the essence of cosmicism, if you will. Um, and it borrows some stuff from that one. The the Waitley name, Wilbur Waitley, was uh, one of the protagonists in in, in the Dunwich Horror. Um, Armitage, Armitage is a, is a name from that story as well. And also there is this element of kind of this demonic slash twisted offspring, which is brought about for the purposes of opening some type of entryway for um, the old gods. Um, but other than that, it, it still is kind of uh, the outsider with a little bit of differences, some swap gender roles and other kind of things. But I guess before we kind of really dig into the meat of it, um, I want to, I want to, I want to hear what, what you guys thought of, of 2020's Castle Freak. I mean, see, you, 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 <laughs> the guests can go first because I'm trying oh. to like still articulate what I Okay. Watched. Well, you're very kind. I um, so I, I did watch the Stuart Gordon film prior to watching this one because I had no context for this one oh, whatsoever. Cool. Okay, good. And felt like it would probably... And I also uh, listened to some audio versions of both The Outsider and The Dunwich Horror just so I could get myself in the, the proper headspace to, to engage with this film. Um, and I got to tell you, um, the Stuart Gordon film, not great, mm-hmm. but he's got a style. Mm-hmm. Um like he's you can tell like he's he's trying something he's doing something like he's got a voice an, an authorial voice and he's putting it forward and i i love that um i don't know what the hell's going on here um <laughs> this, this movie is um i i think calling it a mess would be kind of charitable um you can tell that they're trying to do the the 95 stuart gordon film by way of like a typical slasher film mm-hmm. um you know you get your cast together that's there pretty much to die uh and then you've got kind of the the lovecraftiness that kind of rounds it out a little bit and keeps it from just being a stock standard creature feature but um also every every female cast member of this movie gets completely naked at some point or another which is <laughs> yeah yeah, I was yeah. not expecting, <laughs> except for except for the 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 sales lady in the village. She's the only one that does it. Everyone else, you sure. know, sure, 
down to I mean, they're all together. It's but. it starts out that way with the with the nun flagellating. Or yeah. was she a nun or was well, she just flagellating well, in front of religious that imagery? Was, that was Lavinia. That was the mother. Yeah. That was okay, the mother. that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I know. Oh, and also the she what's funny is the actress Kika Magalhais. it's a hard name to say. She was also the castle freak. She was the mother and mm-hmm. the castle freak, which I think is pretty telling. Um but yeah, like yeah, that that that's the one thing. Watching this with uh Corinne, her her comment was Okay, a lot of lot of lot of tits in this movie, a lot of tits and ass, and 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 I'm like, yeah, hey, look, you see a little ball sack too, you know, mm-hmm, a little, little shaft, bit. yep, little 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 bit, and I'm like, yeah, this is definitely because like, talking with you, Jim, beforehand, you had like warned me about this movie is <laughs> like, what is it? What did you say? Um, stupid and dumb, or like you you like basically, and I'm like, yeah, this is it's it's very trashy for trashy's sake. Yes, and mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong, I, I like a good trashy film, but if there's something about like older trashy films that you could tell it's just something in like the air, and like this is just like you know what, we're filming in Albania for probably nothing, you know, it's probably dirt cheap production, and you know what, we have three actresses that are willing to get naked. Let's let's just have them all naked, you know, blood and guts and boobs, you know, it's okay. People I mean like that's that, the right? trifecta right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. blood, guts, and boobs. You know. Well, uh, but but with with like with Gordon's stuff and and a lot of those earlier yes. one like uh, lo- low budget movies from like the the eighties and nineties, there was almost kind of a sense of like they knew they needed something to draw in the crowds to pay you know yes. to pay the budget. Like especially with you know Gordon's uh, Castle Freak was made for half a million dollars. Right. So to try and recoup that investment, it's like yeah, I'm going to throw some nudity. I'm going to throw some gore in there to kind of like titillate people and get them in, like in, in the, yeah. the theater or, or buying the VHS. But then also, but he also had a story at the heart of it where it's like, now that you're in here, now that you're hooked, here's the story that I'm going to release on. Whereas this one exactly. is, is like, this is, I wrote, I wrote in the notes, this movie is everything that I hate about the worst tendency in horror movies. Um, yeah. Like learning the wrong lessons in the sense of like, Yes, you can have your titillation and your gore, but you need that to draw people in for something else. Whereas this one is just kind of like the the mentality seems to be the draw here and the purpose here and the attention here is on the boobs and the gore. And yes. I, I wonder sometimes when I complain about this stuff, if I'm coming off as kind of like because I know there's there's people on Twitter who are sort of like uh, film Twitter sort of had this this debate a couple weeks or maybe it was a couple months ago about how like uh if sex scenes in movies are justified or not they have that argument every couple weeks yeah. so yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, film, film twitter yeah. is cyclical no that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's very true yes. um and i don't want to say that so much as just like there, there's i can understand like horror as a genre was rooted in counterculture and this idea of mate of pushing the envelope and making people uncomfortable but it's now, I mean, this movie came out in 2020, it's now 2022, but like, listen, a lot of the taboos you're pushing, they're not evocative anymore. I no, mean, you start you start a scene with a, or you have a scene where a woman is masturbating with a crucifix, like, cool, you're real edgy. Friedkin was doing that in the 1970s. Like, I don't know who you're upsetting with this, and just as much as you're just trying to think, like, you know what's, you know what's really going to be cool? You know what's really going to be edgy? This yeah. shocking imagery, when she's like, I'm not shocked, I'm just, I'm bored yeah like like you know what watch ken russell's the devils and you, you'll right. see shocking for 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 good reason and it's like yeah you're just you're just doing it just to like a look 
get it, you know, you'll, and you, you know, you get those fanboys, you know, those horror, like horror fanboys that'll be like, wow, did you see that, those tits? And it's like, that's boring. Like, it's boring. You're like, okay, I get it. You're, you're masturbating after you whipped yourself while your freak daughter, twin daughter is like watching you and also masturbating or something. I'm like, Ugh. okay, like that's, that's like, actually that's kind of gross and yep. not gross in a horror way, gross in like, and, and like you, like you said in the notes, Jim, is this supposed to be like also a like film like a porn? Like, because it's very, very light. something. Even even Corinne was like, "Is this a softcore porn?" Like, at points, I'm like, <laughs> "Yes, it almost exactly." Feels, and it almost feels like, like you know, being a you know, a jokingly a porn connoisseur myself of classic pornography. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they would actually take films that were porn, and actually go, "You know what? This feels pretty good." If we take all the sex out, we could actually release it as a normal film and make more <laughs> money from it. Mm-hmm. Like Alice of Wonderland, the musical was is one of my favorites, and it's like a really good film that just so happens to also be a porn. But no, yeah, it, this this movie <laughs> is is shot like a porno uh, in the sense of everything is brightly lit and flat. Yes. There is no depth of field whatsoever in this. No. Um, the and, acting and, is very wooden, very stilted. All the delivery is. A lot of it is like wanting. Yeah, like, what do you <laughs> mean? Well, especially yeah, like some some of the yeah, all the friends are like like cookie cutter like asshole friends and like mm-hmm. please and like you know jokingly while watching it, Corinne's just like, why are their friends like? And she's like, they're not even her friends. It's his friends. I'm like yeah, I know. They're just fodder for the castle freak. She's like, yeah, you're right. They're probably all gonna die horribly. I'm like yeah. She's like, okay, good. At least that'll keep my attention. Yeah, they. They they all kind of felt like um, if you were in high school trying to write a screenplay about yes. what like twenty somethings were like, it would they would sound something like this very much. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, they're they're all they're all red shirts. Like I didn't care yeah. about anybody. You're no, not I mean, supposed to. No, yeah. and the thing is, they the give you, you no reason to. No, hmm. and the only one you care about is you know um, Rebecca. Like she, right. but you feel for her because like yeah, she was a party girl before, but then her fucking asshole boyfriend blinds her in a stupid accident that he could have. I mean, again, she was kind of stupid too, because she could have said, Hey, let me drive. Even though she <laughs> yeah. was also high, she was high too, but I don't think as messed up, but it just like, that's it. You really only care about her. And then like, you know, at first I kind of like, even though he's kind of an asshole, like I like the professor, even though I'm like, wait, professor, Oh, you're an asshole. Cause you, that's just your nickname. You're not an actual professor. Okay. Yeah. And I see where you go with that. He's he's only called that because later on, when it's yes. uh, when he's referred to as Armitage, which like, oh, that's a oh. Lovecraft. It's like, yeah, I get, well, we'll, 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 we'll get. To I the, understood the last that thing. reference. Yeah, yeah we yeah. Yes. There's like yeah, one oh. guy in the theater being like, I understood that. I, I yes. get that. Yeah. Yes. They start like laughing at, like heartily, and everyone's looking at him. And like at the end of like at well, the end of every Marvel movie, everyone. You know, that, somebody that's how I felt. To be. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I felt when Thanos comes out in the first Avengers. Yep. And everyone around me is like, like I'm like trying not to squeal because I'm a nerd. And mm. everyone's like, like I, I just heard people, who the fuck is that guy? I, <laughs> I like, cheered. I cheered yeah, in the theater. I, yeah, I was like, it's Thanos, you asshole. But then I'm like, mm. oh no, right. Most people watching these films don't know that. But yeah, uh, James, you you said you kind of liked the professor. Uh, I hated him. Um, any, well, any... I, I, I liked him at first, like meaning like, okay, he's the only one that actually kind of understands what's you know he like yeah. he's with the, he's 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 like there but like why is he friends with these people he is because they need someone to give the exposition right right and it's like <laughs> sure 
okay. And then later on, I'm like, oh, okay. He's maybe he's actually a nice guy. Like he, I'm like, oh no, you, you actually are in all this and you actually want the end of the world. Okay. Right. He is, he is, you know, the, the kind of character you would expect to, you know, do be the turncoat halfway through a, a Lovecraft adaptation. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, and actually, well, and so this is what makes it weird. I, I misspoke uh, calling Waitley um, one of the protagonists of the Dumbledore. Tour. W- Wilbur Waitley is one of the is one of the members of the cursed family um, from the Dunwich Tour. Armitage is one of the heroes, which is weird right. that this right. character then is named Armitage because he's clearly trying to usher in the apocalypse of some kind. So it's one of those like Easter egg references like, wait, you didn't really understand this, did you? <laughs> You're just throwing yeah, names it- out there. It's kind of like a lot of writers that like just put in like, oh, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, Uwe Boll and all his, uh, or actually even um, what's his name, uh, Anderson, you know, the Resident Evil movies. He'll just put in names of Resident Evil characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they have mm-hmm. nothing to do with the actual character. It's like, oh, you know, look, look, it's it's a uh, so and so. It's like that's not the character at yeah, all. Yeah, that's that's not who that was. No, but look, look, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and again, that's the, the you see that all the time and again as someone who has a podcast about movies that fail to kick off franchises, like everything this movie is doing is very emblematic of all of these failed franchise starters mm-hmm. in that we're not really going to pay attention to the source material. We're going to throw, you know, a lot of references that are kind of oblique and they're for the fans, uh, but they're not really that um faithful so they're really just going to end up pissing people off at the same time um i get the impression that armitage the professor whatever the hell you want to call him (laughs) was supposed to be our like per point of view character who was like the nick fury who's just gonna like show up in a bunch of these things right uh going forward like that's the impression that i get he's the one that you know walks away with the necronomicon he's he's ingested all of this lore he knows it all um like everything that the Stuart gordon film had by way of like story and relatable characters and like dynamics and uh, something for you to care about this movie makes up for in lore Mm. um which is all of that we need to set all of this up so you guys understand the next movie like it doesn't have anything to do really with this movie but we know we're going to do five more of these. And so we've got to get you guys on board real quick with what we're doing. And that, again, that's very stereotypical of this kind of film. And I mean, it ticks a lot of the boxes. It really does. And that's a very good point. And what also makes that weird is that at least in Lovecraft's story itself, the lore was pretty thin and loosely tying things together. A lot of the lore that we see in a Lovecraft adaptation is sort of invented by the people who are adapting it or was invented by authors that took up his work later after he had already passed away. Mm-hmm. So it's weird to me that they do have these references to things because it's almost kind of like they, they read like a Lovecraft 101 or like Lovecraft for Nerds book and just kind of had names and terms and threw them in there because if you are a fan like we are, we're looking at this and be like, wait, none of this makes any sense. And no. who are the people out there who are going to watch this and be like, you know what? I got to get more into this Lovecraft guy and then read this Anglophile uh, Poe worshiper. And just be like, this is not the castle freak. That it's like, yeah, because the, the two things are incompatible to, with Correct. each other. Um, right. Fundamentally. It, it, yeah, it was it was so like we've we've covered a lot of uh, adaptations which have nothing to do with Lovecraft and we've we've. Um, moaned about how it's just like you don't you don't just add viscera to Lovecraft and it becomes good, but that's all they have here is viscera mm-hmm. to kind of draw people in. And and I gotta say, 
we we talked a little bit on the last episode about like um Barbara Crampton and did she get sick after a while of just kind of being like the flesh in a movie and did she get tired of it which is then so weird that she produces this one where it's basically like you women all you are is flesh really like I, I'm I, and that there's there's some a dissonance with that with me. It's like you, I thought that you realized that you yourself were capable of so much more. So why are you now right. producing this thing in which it's just kind of perpetrating all the old stuff that you were subjected to? And which even is so our weird. main yeah. character, mm-hmm. who is like our perspective character, our hero, even she gets naked. Yeah, like which I was not expecting. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like I guess everyone's getting naked in this one. That's cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, yeah, that is weird. But at the same time, at the end of the movie, while watching the credits, I'm like, oh, this movie has a lot of producers. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. 57 producers, I counted them all. So it was like, mm-hmm. okay, okay, here's a few more. Oh, there's Barbara Crampton. Oh, here's six more. Here's three. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. super I'm like, oh, okay. So who knows how much like input she actually had? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in her head, she's like, you know, you know, we're going to make like a really good, you know, version of the story that it's not just going to be about titillation. And it's like, you know what? Watching the original one, like, you know, 1985 one with you again, it's not about titillation actually at all. No, it's not sexy. It's not, not there's nothing about this one's trying to be sexy at points. And it's like, no, no, it's not like, like, no, please. No, come on. Like, and of course, you, you know, at one point you think, okay, after the initial, you know, mom getting nude and then whipping herself, you're thinking, okay, later on, she's now, you know, after Rebecca's blinded and she, she, you know, she still hasn't forgiven, you know, John. Um, and you're thinking, okay, maybe, and, and that's, that's the other problem I have with this film, like amongst many other things, but John's just a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. even at points when you think, you know what, even, cause even like, you know, like I like watching films with Corinne cause she's like kind of given a different perspective. Like, oh, maybe he's trying. And I'm like, maybe. And then, like, right away, he's like, oh, no, now he's, like, cheating on her. The moment, like, they get into an argument, oh, I'm just going to cheat. I was not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. No. Based on that introductory scene. Like, you can tell he's kind of up to no good. And then he drives drunk, crashes a car, blinds his girlfriend, walks away unscathed, and then proceeds to gaslight her for the rest of the film. Yes. Um, And every time, like, she's, like, really concerned about something, you know, there's someone else here. No, it's not... Okay, fine. I'll go look. Twenty it's minutes. It's a really later. big squirrel. No, really big squirrel. And then, like, what I love is like he and what it was comical. And I'm glad they actually wrote it in line with Rebecca going. You only walked away for twenty minutes. You you searched the whole castle. Oh, there's no one here. Come on. You mean I gotta look? I don't have enough downers for that, babe. You know, <laughs> fucking asshole, man. Like I, yes. I, I, I was just like, please. And then, <laughs> whatever we get to this, to the scene of. Uh, him cheating and then the uh i guess you could say comeuppance Ooh. i mean i mean but whatever we get to that I'll, I'll have to rant about that but yeah it's just unlikable character and again you know i look back at like steven said like uh, like this is almost like a slasher film with the idea of like oh look it's trying to be more and like but the slasher films i like are films that actually have likable people in them that do get killed and you feel bad. You go, Oh no, I like that character. Even when like, maybe like half the characters are like, okay, he's an asshole, but it's kind of likable asshole. 
like friends you might have, you go, oh, you know what? That, he's kind of he's a dick, our asshole. He's our asshole, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when the film just goes, you know what? We're gonna make all these people unlikable, so you want the killer, the killer to kill them. It's like, yeah, yeah, that gets boring. That's boring. Mm-hmm. Like, like well, one of my, like I'm just watching for the kills, and even then, this film, most of the kills, while they look good enough, but they're very like, here, dead. Okay. Here's some guts coming out, and I'm gonna bite you a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna bite you, like punch you a bunch, maybe break right, a few right. bones, so we can get our gore quotient up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, but but I'll give it. I'll give it one thing. The other thing about watching any film with my girlfriend, because she is, you know, a funeral director, so she knows what death looks like. So it's almost like a badge of honor if she looks at a death scene and goes, "That looks good." So, like, to give an example, like, the beginning when the mother dies and, like, you see her dead body with the eyes glossed over. And, and the maggots. Like, the maggots over, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. And the blood. Um, Corinne goes, wow, that actually looks good. The eyes, actually, that's what happens to your eyes after a while. If, if you're just sitting, like, laying somewhere rotted with your eyes open. Hmm. I'm like, really? I, I would not know that. No. Well, okay. Why would you? What? But I do know that now because of her. But... So, so always when we watch like any horror film with a lot of gore in it, even a film that I love, like any films that I love, but she'll watch it go, that looks terrible. That <laughs> looks awful. Come on. That doesn't look real at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm like, oh my God, right. Yeah. You're, you're looking at it from the scientific, you know, the medical side of things. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like, okay. Uh, and I'll ask her, why does it not look good? Oh, because see how like the coagulation of the blood, that doesn't happen. Like, I'm like, uh like i love i love danny you know um but like again so like that was good but then later on when the the deaths become a little more like hack hack you know sword Mm -hmm. so to speak um she's like oh that looks stupid like what is that like come on like she just killed those two guys just like and like Mm -hmm. it was almost like a ninja move like slice slice oh we don't even know we're dying oh yeah (laughs) the the whip that the woman at the beginning is using to repeatedly yes. flagellate herself and yet with one stroke just cuts these men's chest open. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the castle freak has more power, you know, because any that's, freak. That's true, because one thing I know is that if you are locked in a dungeon for like right. decades, oh, your strength decades improves. With, with barely any food or water. Yep. Oh, you're strong. You're you're a freak of you nature. Superpowers. I mean, you're you're quasi demonic. Let's I think yeah. we're underselling yeah, this. Part of no, you're right. That's true. You know, yeah. He's right. You know, she has the weird tentacle dick thing that comes out, you know, so that's true. Oh my gosh. Okay. I One... knew we were gonna get there. I've been dreading it this whole damn time. One hundred percent the director of this film is a guy who says cooch. Like and a tentacle comes out of her cooch. One hundred percent this is a guy who says stuff like that. I well, guarantee also it, you. And it's like the whole thing. Oh, it's got tentacles. Lovecraft. in. Yep. 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 Got to throw a tentacle in, or Absolutely. you know what? Got a tentacle coming out with an eyeball. And yep. and, ugh, and once again, the, when the freak shows up for the okay, how okay. do you how do you not know that you're having sex with basically a walking corpse? Like, there's thank a, you. Okay. There, there's a clear with a vagina that's like yeah, you like know, the size of half of her torso. <laughs> right. Like like, and that's the thing. Like, okay, so I actually forgot that it was like she was supposed to be a woman but during it i'm like why does like like why does a freak look like a woman because the whole time corinne's thinking it's a guy mm-hmm. because of the original one i'm like sure i'm like i don't know it might be a woman i had forgotten your notes and then when the scene i'm gonna strip naked after killing she- the woman shelly ripping her neck 
a part in this. How does how like, does he not hear her? Right. Snap first right. Well, like, where you? Hey, Shelly, where are you going? Like, don't leave me hanging, babe. Yeah, but it wasn't like, like, okay. Has this guy ever had sex before? It seems like he has, but like, she got ripped up off of him. According to his, his friends, he's the one who always gets laid. So right. So she like gets thrown off and like dead to the side. He has blood all over him, but like. Did she? Did he think? Oh man, I must be really good. She's like, she's like squirting all over me, man. Oh wow! And then, and then the the castle freak herself, which this is Corinne's favorite scene in the movie because it was so bad and ridiculous mm-hmm. that he does not know who he's having sex with with this gaping vagina, mm-hmm. and not only that, he's still enjoying it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, bit, yeah, he's into yeah. it. And then, but what's funny about that scene is like that happens, and then, like right away, whoa, whoa, help me, huh? What's on me? <laughs> like now you're freaking out because now you're realizing, wait, that wasn't Shelly, who just had sex with me. I mean, it felt good, but who had sex with me? I mean, there's three good. women in this movie, and he has sex with all of them. Yes, he, right. He thank you. Something's up. That's true. Yeah. Well, he he didn't have sex with the mother technically, but she was dead already. So played by the same actress, but yeah. But, but, right. Yeah. But if he had the chance, he probably would have had sex. With A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. Transitive property. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and it, it's, damn it. It's there's Cause, just cause, no no Jim like you said a walking corpse earlier in the film when he opens up the closet and the castle freak is in there it's the castle freak smells. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, flies. Oh, it stinks in here. Mm-hmm. Now you don't smell it? Okay. I guess the clothes were the sm- stinky part. Not I was going to say, the, the, rags. the, the, the <laughs> underwear that he's wearing over his face is also covering his nose. <laughs> and if the last two years have told us anything, if somebody's right. covering your nose, you can't breathe. Not no, you can't all. breathe. You don't, you don't smell anything. No. Right. Uh, so, I mean, clearly, oh. this, is, this is what's yeah. happening. It's, <laughs> again, as I said, the the thing I hate about the worst tendencies in horror, where in yeah. which logic is thrown out the door because of something that you're using to try and shock or provoke feelings. So, for mm-hmm. instance, how well, first off, even if this thing has been locked inside of a dungeon basically its entire life, how does it even know what sex is? How does it even know what that stuff is? Well, because um, she's watched her own mother. Yeah, have sex with a cross. I, so to but, me personally, that's all and, she knew. And also watched her own sister have sex with the dude that she's about to have sex with. So. Right. So I mean, I guess she's she's a she's a quick learner, Jim. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's a castle I'm freak. Giving, okay. She's super freaky. I'm giving her far too, <laughs> far too little credit. You're right. I know. Uh, um, she's uh, she's a very kinky girl. The kind you don't. <laughs> the kind mother's because mother's dead right yeah, now. Yeah, the kind right, who exactly. will snap your mother's neck. Um. <laughs> But but also like the, oh god, there's is there a need for the makeup to have gone so far into detail, especially oh. on the Castle Freak's yeah. breasts and its vagina? No, but you know for a fact Tate was like, "This is gonna be gnarly, man. People are gonna see this and they're gonna think yeah. it's gnarly." You know he used the word mm. gnarly in describing these things. Gnarly, like yes. bodacious, maybe bodacious was yeah. a word too. Yo, bodacious, man. Because it, it's just like I, ima- I imagine in his mind, people are seeing this and be like, "Oh my god, that's so gross!" And I just kind of watch them like, "Ugh." It was actually really? funny, like to me, like especially the fa- whenever you saw the Castle Freak's face, like, okay, see the original Castle Freak, while looking kind of weird, 
was kind of horrifying looking. Like, you know, oh, okay, that's kind of creepy looking. Like, because... Yep. Major skin well, crawl a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, this one's like, it almost looked like a Halloween mask at points. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird because, like, you could tell the special effects people, especially Tate himself being from special effects, they know what they're doing. It's mm-hmm. just sometimes when you do too much, it makes it look more comical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the problem with a lot of... And then again... Grateful for practical. Again, you know, every time practical, I'll champion it, even when it looks stupid. Yep. But, you know, when your cast freak's looking through the closet or the door and it just looks like, hey, <laughs> I'm, I'm, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, like I'm watching Porky's all of a sudden. Like, what, right. what's going on here? Come There's on. a lot of voyeurism in this movie. I didn't oh, realize Mark, it until you Marku, said it. Yeah, Marku Marku's... is like looking through the, the peephole. Like, people are he's like, being a creep. like looking around corners and yes. looking at people. And I'm just like, what also, the hell are we doing here? I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> mentioned Marku because he's a character that I forgot about. And yet right. it seems like what they're trying to do is really is tease out a bit of mystery is like who could have freed the castle freak when like, obviously right. it was obviously Marku. And then of course yeah. it's like, yeah, he did like, yeah, I know it couldn't have been anybody else, but Marku. No, no exactly. Even though yeah. the castle freak, wanted to kill him and then ultimately does kill him it's kind of funny like like even though he did he was the one that freed her he does throw the key yeah and for but, reasons because he just says like because i grew up here like cool i, I mean okay. i guess well remember 99 percent of the town are also part of this cult just the, the gypsy lady isn't which is weird to me. Yeah I guess because I, I could right like it's confused because remember she's talking about so I'm like, it's cursed. her and like the people sitting around her. Right. And that's it. And that's it. That's only good people, like technically good people. Everyone else is like creeping, looking inside like, hey, yeah, it's coming. The prophecy. And then like, of course, when everything's happening, ooh, the prophecy. Let me get my fucking robe I haven't worn in 20 years. Put it on. The red yeah, one or the work. blue one? Yeah. Oh, the blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, John, <laughs> like, okay, your your girlfriend's blind because of you. But you know she has some weird something with her mind. She can see things. Like he even says that. Why would you lie about the robe? Like, don't you realize your friends are gonna come and one of them might say, "Oh, the red robe," like the professor does, and she's like, "Oh my god, this guy's even a bigger dick." Not only did he blind me, but he lied about the robe. Okay, here's. Uh, I don't want to defend John at all. And you don't but- have to. There's no but, reason you have to. But, no, no, but I will say, and because I'm using, I'm going to use this defense to further critique this movie. Because um, <laughs> at that stage in the movie, you still get the sense that he's still trying to kind of alleviate her fear. So by saying like, right. no, it, it's right. a blue robe, maybe she'll calm down a bit. Having said that, she is one of the least convincing blind people in cinematic history outside of yeah. maybe Bryce Dallas Howard in The Village. Ooh, yeah. Um where because like and, and not just because of like the thing where she's looking at people while she's talking to them, but then she's walking in their direction too to kind of like make make kind of dramatic like add add something dramatic to these serious moments. And it's like that's that's not how this that's not how which, blindness works. No, which I'll give credit to the actress from the original Castle Freak, kind of seemed blind at points. Like she really was like yeah, more believable. Certainly, yeah. More that's believable. the last movie she ever did. Right, which is really? so weird to me. Right, it's yeah. amazing to me. Like she was really good. Yeah, sure. it's like, uh, but and again, again, if you notice, every time she's walking, Rebecca in this movie, someone has to be like, "Oh, let me help you down this step," to remind you that she's blind. Because 
she's probably like, oh, I can see, you know, like, come, <laughs> come on, on, guys. guys. Come on. This, this is just a movie. <laughs> except uh, except for her nemesis, wh- whoever the other blonde woman's name was. Who, um, oh, Shelly. Shelly. Oh, it was Shelly. Okay, that's right. It was um, Shelly, yeah. Like, Shelly, where are you, Shelly? <laughs> Don't yeah. even hang it, babe. Um, <laughs> I... I wrote uh, this film dares to ask the question: What if Stuart Gordon's or or what if we made Stuart <laughs> yes. Gordon's film hornier and dumber? Mm-hmm. Yes, and but also make it try to make it sound smarter by just literally putting in all of the lore, all yes. of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, references in, galore you know? in like ways that three significant info dumps at various points throughout the movie. Right, and, and not just, only Cthulhu but also Yogshagat and uh, mm-hmm. you know, oh, you know what? Some of them Necronomicon and. Um, all these names. I know Miskatonic University. You remember? Yeah, the, yeah, the Miskatonic University. I got a shirt. shirt. I have yep. a shirt. Mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, look, there's a mug at the end. Yeah. Get it? With that, <laughs> oh, the, the vial is glowing. What's <laughs> this? <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. So of course we should we should probably address that, which is the the mid credits uh, oh. sequence, which is supposed to be the stinger to set this up, is that the <laughs> professor slash Armitage steps into a room. <laughs> we see a man whose whose back is to the camera, and he just <sighs> says. West and sure enough, up stands in terms of the camera, Herbert West, the reanimator himself. But you still don't see his face. Yeah, you don't. Um, which tells you like, were they like planning on getting a bigger actor for like when they did probably. the next film? They're right? honestly they were probably hoping Jeffrey Combs would come back. Right? Yeah, please. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get Bradley Cooper or somebody to be uh, Herbert West. Which With I this movie just you know. Yeah, takes off absolutely. Um, yeah. when in reality, all they could afford, um, Joe Estevez. Sorry, um, which I'd still watch that. Maybe <laughs> Dean Kane, because oh, you know, oh, I would, I would, I would not watch that. Or Kevin yeah, Sorbo. I don't. Yeah, I, that, it was it was a toss up between Dean Kane no. and Kevin Sorbo. I decided to pick the greater of two Dean. Roles. Yeah, Dean, Dean would look better as uh, Dean Kane is Herbert West in Dinesh D'Souza's Reanimator. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Oh, Um, Oh, you just put that evil out in the world, Jim. I know. I'm sorry. You can't put that genie back in the bottle, my friend. No, I can't. This is is what this film has done for me. But it's just, yeah, it's so... Everything about this movie is so incompatible with what we know of Lovecraft as an author and what makes an effective Lovecraftian film. And it goes beyond just the fact of, like, or just the idea of we're going to add viscera to something or we're going to add tentacles and we're going to make it kind of physically scary. It's just like the focus on these brainless, horrible characters and just learning all the wrong lessons. Like it's one of those things where, like I said, if you're a first timer to Lovecraft and you're like, I'm going to throw on Castle Freak, you're going to walk away thinking all the wrong things about this guy. Or I should say, there are many things that you would think which are wrong, which are right about Lovecraft, but you're going to, you're going to step away and be like, Oh, so really like his fiction was just kind of like 80s schlock. Like, no, 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 it's, it's vastly different than that. Yes. Yes. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was a, it was a very bad movie. And, and like, and I, I wrote a note that like, so Herbert West, like the quality of like Herbert West appearing in this mid credit scene is almost as though if Nick Fury appeared in Albert Pion's uh, Captain America in a mid credit scene, we're just like, this is so bad. Like, I don't care who this guy is right now. Jim, can I tell you when I read that, I yeah. howled. <laughs> I did too. I did too. Howled, yes. sir. Cackled like a mad king. Um, <laughs> apt. So incredibly apt. Like, At least I, it wasn't Albert Pion's cold air. You know, hey, oh my God, no, and, and I in in Albert Pion's Captain America, would Nick Fury uh, been played by uh Jimmy J.J. Walker? 
At that time, yes. Yeah. David Hasselhoff. Wow. Oh, yeah, it would have hit. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he had, yeah. there was that made-for-TV Nick Fury movie starring yeah. Hasselhoff. That's so, true. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because, wow. like, you, especially, once again, if you are doing this for the fans, the fans are going to be like, this is garbage. Mm-hmm. And if you're right. doing it for the newcomers, they're going to be like, who's okay, that? Who, who's Wes? Like, I this don't, doesn't like, make any sense. Yeah, right. I don't get Wes. it at all. Like, um, okay, I guess his name's West. Okay. Who the fuck is Thanos? Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? What's um, going on here? Also, I- I- important uh, to nitpick, um, Herbert West, um, really nothing to do um, no. with the larger Lovecraft universe at all. Like, it, it was a standalone guy who was experimenting on corpses. Like, this, uh, Herbert yes. West never it's, uttered the phrase Cthulhu. It's a parody of Frankenstein. That's all Reanimator is. Yeah, like, basically. It's Lovecraft going, uh, this story is really weird. What if what if I just kind of made it into a joke? And mm-hmm. that's what Reanimator is. Like mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anything else. No. No. But it is probably I don't I, I and you guys have more experience with this, so you can correct any misconceptions that I'm putting out. It Reanimator probably is the best known and best of the Lovecraft adaptation. So, I mean, if you're going to set up a cinematic universe, it makes sense that you'd want to include him, even if he really doesn't have anything to do with the larger mythos. Yeah, it's definitely the better known, like especially in horror circles. People, even even that, even people that don't know Lovecraft will go, "Well, I know Reanimator." Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I know that mm-hmm. film. Like, okay, that's a, that's an awesome film. It's like even if they don't know anything about Lovecraft, which is fine, they just know the film. They know, oh yeah, Jeffrey Combs is great. You know, he's a great asshole. Like, I love this. You know. The the one the one thing that I will give this film um, that was somewhat clever was when we are first introduced to the professor. He is talking about the idea of uh, of multiverse and parallel universes, right. which right. I think was a little clever because it, it it does one of two things. One, it sets up this idea that there is going to be an interconnected universe if this yeah. series yeah. were to continue. Which if there's a merciful God, it will not. And then number I, two, I cannot imagine that it will. No, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean it, because. I think even even if this was a a great movie, the fact that it was released like at the heart of the pandemic and probably nobody watched, it's like okay, well, what's the point really? Right. Um, but so it sets that up, and also because of what we know with the Marvel universe and how they're kind of uh, incorporating stuff which came before, it also kind of maybe as of like, oh, so wait, I, I thought there was this Castle Freak movie, but then this is kind of like winking at it, like, yeah, but there can be two castle freaks because there's multiple universes, And I thought that was, that was a little clever way of yeah. sort of working around the fact that this, this new, there's this new property of the same name already. Sure. But that's it. That's it. That's all the credit I'm going to give this movie. <laughs> that's a lot of credit though. Um, I'm giving it quite a bit of credit. Cause it's also, it's not a long movie, but it felt like it just kept oh, going it, forever. It felt so definitely long. feels longer than yeah. it is. And, and I, and I never do that with a film. And even like Corinne was like, you sound like, you know, she's like, you sound like me. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it's only 105 minutes or 107 minutes. I'm like, yeah, man, it feels forever. Like we got every one of those minutes, I can tell you. Right, and we were getting food in between it. Like we were getting sushi, and all of a sudden, I pause it when it comes. There's still 25 minutes left. I'm like, oh my god, it's 25 minutes left. What else is gonna happen? <laughs> like, because nothing's happened. Only the end of the world again. Yeah, and like no I was happy deal. when the I was happy when the end of the world happened, and then the mid credits happened, and I'm like, oh, it's still going. I'm like, I, I was I was thinking it was gonna be a Return of the King. And be like seven <laughs> endings, and like please, please just end, just yeah. die, professor. Also, but yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn it! Let me ask you this, okay. if I may. All right. Yeah. Is 
because we've we've discussed now this what we're going to consider a failed attempt at kickstarting a Lovecraft cinematic or shared universe. Right. Uh, we, we you guys discussed earlier. We briefly discussed at the beginning of the episode. Color out of space. Another yeah. attempt to try to do the same thing is an HP Lovecraft shared universe possible. And if so, what do you think it looks like? Where do you start? Where do you go? What, what, what you guys are the experts here, at least compared to me, mm-hmm. like what, what would you guys say? How, how would you go about crafting an HP Lovecraft inspired uh, shared universe? Well, the, the one thing I'll say is I think it's possible, but I also think it almost got done already by Lovecraft country where mm-hmm. you had this idea of like taking elements of Lovecraft stories, but kind of give it a new spin and making a whole world about it. And then you can make a series and then yet that still didn't fucking like go on. And it's like, it's like almost like there's like bad luck with trying to do more than one or something like that. Like something happens, either Colorado Space is like actually a really good film, but then the director writer is an asshole. So we can't continue that. And this one's not a good film at all. So we can't continue that. Nobody watched it. Lovecraft Country heralded great stuff. HBO, we're not going to give the money for a second season. Okay. <laughs> so it's like weird to me. But I really think you could make an interconnected series of films with elements, but not, you know, like with little bits. And then ultimately maybe have a big one like At the Mounts of the Madness is like the, you know, you know, if you have like five films to lead up to that, then you have, oh shit, this is the big shit. This is like Cthulhu's coming or something. You know what I mean? Like if you want to build it like that, but you know, but again, do we need that? Or can we just have like adaptations in a row of like just different stories? There's no no problem with that either, right? I don't know if you've been paying attention or not, James, but these days it's all about the franchise i know no i know it's all about franchises it's all about reimaginings and retellings and read this and read that and look i understand that it's just that you know sometimes you know it to me seeing something like the black phone do so well makes me happy because it's something that's original mm-hmm. well you know it's it's a, it's based on a joe hill story but it's an original story that's made into a movie it's not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's not a this, it's not a that, and it did well. Cool. It's been a good year for original horror, honestly. We've had yeah. some really great entries in like just That's OG true. horror this year. Mm-hmm. You're right. And again, to me, you could do a bunch of like original adaptations of Lovecraft stories, and just just so happens that the, the interconnectedness of it is just that one guy wrote these stories. Mm-hmm. That's it. You do need to have like the Nick Fury, you know, the Nick Fury of these films come in each one. Hey, you know, did you hear about the freak, you know, like uh, the castle freak? Oh no. Like, no, you don't need that either. But I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Do you think it's, uh, is it possible in this day and age? I, I would say no, uh, just because he is not, uh, enough of an entity for any type of uh, studio to develop or, or or put forth any type of budget towards mm. um, a, a this as a, a pre-existing property. Mm. Um, so not in that sense of, of Stephen, especially as you say, like when when Disney's only interested in, in pre-existing properties and other studios are kind of uh, jumping on board. Um, 
And as we saw with the failure of At the Mountains of Madness, and the studio's like, we're not going to put this much money towards this R-rated movie. Like, are you kidding me? Um, I, I think my cynical answer is it is not possible these days. But if it were to come to fruition, I think James had a very good idea. That idea of like, we don't necessarily adapt at the Mountains of Madness or the Whisper in Darkness. What we do is we tell an original story with an original character who experiences these kind of characters or situations that we, if you are a reader, you're like, oh shit, that's the guy from this story. And, mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing, which <clears throat> um, Alan Moore has kind of done to an extent in his graphic novels, like Providence in the Courtyard and that kind of stuff. I really want to reread Providence after that's so good yeah. after watching this movie and kind of <laughs> diving into this. I like I, I want to go back and reread Providence. Yeah. <laughs> like so I, 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 I guess it's kind of like how Castle Rock was supposed to be like, you know, have yeah. a bunch of Stephen King stuff. It kind of melded together and like, which whatever. brings me to my pitch. Yes. <laughs> so my go. idea, and I actually had this a couple of years ago and I was like, this would be really cool. I don't think anyone's going to do it, but you do like a castle rock style show. You do it as a show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you set it at Miskatonic university. Right. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. because that's kind of the hub. Yeah. for all these different characters. So you can have the faculty and staff of Miskatonic. You can have various students come and go. You can have Randolph Carter show up. You can have right. Herbert West show up. Like you can have these characters, Armitage, all these people that are kind of related to the university. You can have them be a part of it. And then you can have them branch off and tell some of these different stories mm-hmm. over the course of two or three episodes. They come back to the university, they confer, they talk, you get some lore dump, and then you go back out and you engage and you do the story basically. Yeah. No, that, that could work really well. Or the other way that I could see it working, um, and in this necessarily wouldn't be a Lovecraft universe, but you do something like Carpenter's Apocalypse Trilogy, where it's like, there's right. not really interconnectedness, but it's just like, you, you just kind of accept, like they all kind of take place in the same universe. like Or even something like, maybe if Del Toro made his Out the Mountains of Madness, which if anything, it starts with, let Del Toro make his Out the Mountains of Madness. Yes. I think we're all we're we're all willing to die on that hill. I think for the love of God, people, what more do you need? Even James, James, remember James Cameron wanted to put money into that. Yeah, that's how much he wanted that. Even James Cameron wanted this film made. Yep, and you couldn't Um, get it made. And all James Cameron wants is more Avatar movies. So the fact that he deviated from that, (laughs) um, yeah, I don't get. Yeah, I don't. But like, or you even do it where you have one character from Out the Mountains of Madness or something. I guess not. Well. Not with that script. You couldn't really have one person survive. But you have a movie where there's one person who is a main character who <clears throat> maybe they show up in another one for like a minute or like as a as like a supporting right. character. Like there's there's not like a huge thing as, as much as just to kind of establish there is some interconnectedness here, but it's not going to be an Avengers type thing. It's just establishing like, yes, these characters exist in the same universe as these other ones. Yeah. So these existential threats that these people were dealing with is kind of an all mankind or all humankind sort of a thing. It's like it's lost. Al- yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, mm-hmm. it was, it's almost like every time you'll probably see a character that survived a previous episode or whatever, they're like white haired in a bed, like, like just or in a padded cell now. It's like, who's that? Well, you know, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's Armitage. Uh, he went through some shit. Every episode like, starts with, with the a, character from the the previous yes. episode, yes. like staring out a window, comatose with like white hair, and yes. two people on the other side of the door oh. asking questions. <laughs> and and then and then one of those characters goes, "Oh, well, I feel bad for him. 
So what are you doing this weekend? Well, I'm going to the Antarctic, you know, for an expedition. <laughs> okay. I'll see you later. Great. Well, I'll see you when you get back in a couple of years. Sounds <laughs> good. <laughs> You know, well, you know what? I, I almost want, like, now, like, thinking about it more, like, your pitch is great, but I want it to be, like, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. So, like, you have, like, this, like, super, like, fun comedy, but, like, it's a horror comedy, but it's done really tongue-in-cheek, where it's, like, they're trying to be serious, but it's so ridiculous that it's, like, and you just have shit happen in this, like, hospital. Like, it's, like, oh, oh, we got another one in. What happened? Oh. I don't know. Some tentacles are attached to this guy. Oh, what, what do you mean? Uh, let me check it out. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's one of the old ones. What do you mean the old ones? Oh, you know those those creatures that like were beyond beyond time and space. What Haven't you, you ever read then, the H.P. Lovecraft? Yeah, yeah. What do you hmm. mean H.P. Lovecraft? Well, let's read it right now. <laughs> oh, I've got this original copy of the Necronomicon written in Latin. Oh, okay. There you go. I think we. I think we. You know, we're on. We're on to something here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could be. I mean, it's better than Castle Freak 2020, so. Hey, just about anything's better than Castle that, Freak 2020. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I I don't, listen, Castle Freak doesn't deserve any more talking about so I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Um, so. But, uh, Stephen, once again, thank you for joining us. Um, people, thank you for having me. People want to get in touch with you or engage with your stuff. Tell them where, 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 can, they, where can they find more of you. Yeah, absolutely. I am, I am on the internet <laughs> all the time, pretty much, like everyone else my age. Uh, you can find me on uh, social media. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Chewy Walrus. Chewy like the granola bar, Walrus like the animal. Uh, and then you can follow the Disenfranchised podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and Facebook at DisenfranchPod. Uh, we've also got a Patreon, patreon.com slash DisenfranchPod. Uh, on the day we're recording this, we just released uh, an episode of our Patreon exclusive show, Disenfranchised, <laughs> where we basically make top five lists. Uh, we did our top five favorite Muppets. Oh, June is our most sensational, inspirational, celebrational, Muppetational Jim Henson month. Is Rizzo there? Uh, Rizzo did not make my yeah. or Brett's top five. It's fine. Rizzo's a, a deep cut right there. I tell you, I tell you who bottoms out my my Muppet list though. The okay. absolute worst Muppet. Okay, who? Um, it's Pepe the King Prawn. Oh, I fucking hate Pepe. Okay, thank okay. you. Yeah, thank you. He sucks. Thank you, Pepe. <laughs> sucks. He he he's he's a fake ass Rizzo. Like he like yes. took over almost for Rizzo and like. Well, it's because I fired Steve Whitmire. There you go. That's why. Ugh. Yeah, and uh, we are also uh, both on Twitter as well. James is Wonka Kills Kids. Um, I am Nolan Fixes Teeth. Uh, you can find Cast of the Cthulhu at Cast Cthulhu on Twitter, Cthulhu Cast on Facebook. Um, you can email us at moviesofmadness at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us a review on, on uh, the Apple iTunes store. We will read it out loud if it's a good one. Uh, once again, we will probably also read one-star reviews, but we are encouraging you not to leave one-star reviews just for the lulls because that uh, does not help with the SEO, or as the kids call it, search engine optimization. Um, is that yeah. what the kids are calling it these days? That is what the kids are calling it after they smoke their crystal meth. Um, <laughs> in <laughs> Washington they're... Square Park. Is, yeah, is, take... that's, what, that's what the police tell me, is what happens. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. And you should always trust police officers. But um, this brings us to the end of june uh so thank you for listening to our castle freak month um next up is july and uh yeah. in typical castle Cthulhu fashion we don't really have a plan well, for july I th- well i thought we did kind we, of like listen, at least one we've, we've got ideas we haven't booked anything but um i was reached yeah. out to uh recently by david Bax of battle for pretension who you may remember came on to talk about the late Stuart gordon's um 
entry into the first season of uh, Showtime's Masters of Horrors with uh, adaptation of yes. Dreams in the Witch House. There is a new adaptation of Dreams in the Witch House coming to VOD in July um, called H.P. Lovecraft's Witch House. Um, I know nothing about it, but he, he uh, uh, it, I have no idea who the director is. I don't recognize the name at all. The name is Bobby Easley. Um, he hasn't done much at all, but David suggested and he also would like to come back and uh, chat about that. So we'll probably do that in sometime in July and one other episode because we do two a month but who knows what that's going to look like or be so yeah i mean there's one that i still want to cover with you that you keep alluding to probably for the last year <laughs> but if i could find a copy for you then we can do then we can do it because yeah, i have the blu-ray yeah but, james yeah. james wants to cover the the necronom is it the necronomicon ne- ne- necronomicon the book of the dead or whatever yeah. the hell it's called um, the, the anthology film yeah. where mm. where herbert you know herbert west himself Jeffrey mm-hmm. Combs plays H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. Reading but, from the Necronomicon at yeah. Miskatonic University. Uh, but not available on streaming anywhere, which makes uh, yeah. makes it very difficult. But you know, listen, um, we'll we'll be doing something. Uh, pay attention to our Twitter, or Facebook, or maybe not because we're not super active on those. But we're we're gonna we're gonna get something out there. I'm sure. Don't you don't you yeah. folks worry. So, um, but yeah, thanks. That, that's about it, Stephen. Thanks again. This was a really good time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me anytime. And we need to talk about getting you guys back on uh, back on Disenfranchise sometime, for sure. 100%. Yeah. That's right. And if if this does, I guess, um, still kick off or, or continue with the cinematic Lovecraft universe, and I guess we'll just have to make this a regular thing for you, huh? Absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Sign me up. I'll talk about these shitty movies all day long. (laughs) Which we have been doing, so we should probably wrap it up. But yeah, once again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, Be sure to tune in next time where maybe we'll be talking with David Bax about H.P. Lovecraft's Witch House. But in the meantime, we'll be waiting and dreaming with Dead Cthulhu in his house in Relia. 